Hello, welcome to Flour Butter Eggs Sugar. This is a home baking podcast by a home baker for other home bakers and it is brought to you out of my small London kitchen. Um, my name is Kate and I'm the, pod, the host of this podcast and if you're new or if you're tuning in for the fifth time um, I'm really really glad that you've landed on this podcast and that you're listening. Um, and today's episode um, is all about what to do with manky bananas. Um, manky is, by the way, a British word that means uh, kind of gross or past its best. Um, but it's just a really funny word to me for some reason. So yeah, this, this episode is all about manky bananas, which actually, in terms of baking at least, are the best kind of bananas. Um. So this episode was really just came about because I had a load of leftover bananas. I'd kind of been meaning to take them in to work for snacks, but people people kept bringing in much more unhealthy things, which I kept eating. Um, so the bananas just kept languishing in the fruit bowl. Um, so I needed to use them up, really. Um, so I, I kind of tried out, I've tried out a few different recipes to use them up. And also... Um, like a lot of people, my baking has got much better um, in the past sort of six months. Um, and I found some really nice ways to use bananas um, that I've heard about through other 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 bakers and other people. Um, so I wanted to share those with you. Um, some of them you might know about, some of them might be new to you. Um, so that's what I'm going to be doing. And um, in this podcast today, I'm going to be talking to you about, um, first of all, what's happened in, in the last week in terms of my baking life. Um, then I'm going to be talking to you a bit about the history of banana bread. Then I'm going to be talking through some different uses for manky bananas um, and then finally looking at a few different recipes with you. So it's going to be quite a packed episode um, and I'm really looking forward to getting started. So let's do it. Let's go. So I'm going to start by telling you a little bit about what's been happening in my baking life this week. That is a phrase, by the way, that I am going to use, um, like my love life or uh, my working life. I'm going to be talking about my baking life um, because that, that is a thing. Um, so I made banana bread, which I will talk about the recipe a bit later, and took that into work. And it was a hit, definitely, at work. Um People very much liked the ratio of chocolate chips or chocolate pieces to banana bread. So I'm excited to share this extremely simple recipe with you. Um, later on in the week, uh, one of my colleagues actually brought in another banana bread. So it was like a double banana bread week. It was very, very exciting uh, because he has a daughter and I think his wife as well. Um, they're both really keen on baking. Um, 
I think he helps. He's not, uh, you know, um, some unreconstructed man. But, uh, yeah, so, but a lot of his family really enjoy baking. So I, um, I was very excited to have another banana bread to eat. And so were my colleagues. And it was a bit different from mine. It, it wasn't chocolate chip. And it was really beautifully spiced, I thought. It had cinnamon, I think, and cardamom. Um, I couldn't pick out any others, but really good. Um, I also made soda bread last weekend. Um, and what I love about soda bread is, well, first of all, how quick and easy it is. But secondly, um, it seems to actually last quite well. Like I was still eating it five days later and it was fine. Um, particularly it was good at, as toast. Um, so I enjoyed that soda bread. It's kind of like the polar opposite of sourdough to make that it's just like so unbelievably simple and easy. Requires basically no skill. Um, and I made some banana pancakes, which I'll talk about a bit later as well, which were incredible. Like one of the best things I've eaten in a long time. And I also made the, well, last week I made the mini pecan pies that I talked about in, la in last week's episode. Um, and I had some left because I made 24, which is way too many for two people to eat, even though they were small. So I took some of those into work as well and gave those to my vegan colleague who was delighted with that. So that was really, really nice. A lot of baking, uh, sh baking shared um, in my workplace this week. If you're wondering why I'm going into work, I'm an essential worker um, and I have to work in an office uh, fairly close proximity with people. So, um, so yeah, there's not really much evidence to, to show that you can't, that, that food is a sort of spreader so we do sometimes share food with each other and then kind of distribute it in the safest way we can um yeah so that was my week it was a very very good week for baking so in the next segment I'm going to be talking a bit about the history of banana bread and there are a few surprises in here that I didn't know before so um hopefully you will find this as interesting as I found to research it right so the history of banana bread and I got this um, information from the King Arthur baking website which is a great um, uh, sort of organic mostly flour but they do loads of other baking products um, in the US so um, this is how banana bread came about refrigeration technology at the start of the 20th century meant that imported bananas could then become a staple in American households, especially at breakfast time. The Great Depression in the 30s um, made people hesitant to throw food away, which includes kind of manky ancient bananas. Um, around the same time, companies start mass producing baking powder and baking soda. Um, so this kind of creates a perfect storm of people making banana bread. The recipes in the sort of 30s and 40s are really, really austere compared to now, um, with 
recipes that are much, much lower in fat and sugar um, and higher in uh, bran and wholemeal um, flour. So um, they would have been a more savoury thing, probably better as toast, I would imagine, as well. You know, a bit like a sort of soda bread with some bananas in it, really, um, and a bit of sugar. So not the kind of dense, uh, sweet um, thing that I would think of today as banana bread. Um, so I just found that really, really interesting, particularly about the mass production of baking powder, because I've always wondered when that happened and when we started baking like we, we do now. So that's a very short history of banana bread. And next, I'm going to be talking about um, various different uses for manky bananas. Right, so my first recommendation is frozen banana isolies. This may well be something that you have come across. Um, it's something that I heard of through um, my favourite baking podcast, Preheated. It's also something that I saw on the Instagram of Chrissy Teigen. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a thing, basically. And what you do is you get your bananas, peel them, cut them in half, I would say skewer them um, with a skewer or a lolly stick um, if you're using a skewer just be careful if you're giving these to children okay in case there's splinters or sharp ends you know that they could accidentally um, cut their mouth with in fact you really need to be careful around adults as well because <laughs> you never know um, but yeah you basically skewer them then you put them in um, in freezer bags or boxes and freeze them uh, like uh, with the skewer in them. Um, when you're doing this, just be careful to give them a little bit of space because otherwise, you know, they will just stick together and then it's hard to separate them once they've, once they've stuck together. So just give them, make sure they've got a little bit of space in the freezer bag. You know, it's not just, it's not too overcrowded. Um, I found that they can touch a little bit, but you don't, as I say, you don't really want them all squished in. Um, once they've been frozen, then the fun begins. So they need to be completely frozen. Then you can melt chocolate and you simply um, dip the um, bananas in the melted uh, melted chocolate. Then you can also roll them in whatever you want. So we we in this household, we like um, roasting, then um, chopping nuts and rolling them in those chopped nuts. And we've tried, our favourite is is um, milk chocolate as the, as the encasing and robing chocolate for the bananas. Um, but we've tried all sorts of different nuts and they were all, they were all good. So we tried hazelnuts, pistachios, pecans, almonds are quite nice as well. Um, so yeah, there's quite a lot of different options as far as that's concerned. Oh yeah, peanuts as well, they were good. Particularly salted peanuts were excellent. Um, yeah, so this is just a really nice, very simple thing, especially in the summer. It's just really good. Um, and 
you know, it is not healthy because of all the chocolate, but it is, um, it is still healthier than probably a lot of ice lollies or a lot of ice creams. So you can feel uh, very slightly virtuous about it. Um, so that is frozen banana ice lollies. Something else you can do is you can um, get your manky bananas, slice them and then freeze them on a big baking tray. Freeze all the slices on a big baking tray so that you've got all of those individual slices frozen. Um, you then put it in a blender or a food processor. It has to be a, a good one. Um, so I wouldn't recommend something that's for like there's something that's only got a few like small blades at the bottom. It needs to kind of be more encompassing. Um, and you blitz those. You add a bit of um, syrup of some kind. So you could add maple syrup, golden syrup. Syrup is best because it because you're going to be freezing them again and it helps them to stop them being quite as solid. So syrup is better than sugar for this, really. And it also sort of dissolves into the into the mixture better. Um, you could make a, a sugar syrup as well if, if you if you prefer. And you could also add in other flavorings. So I've added cocoa powder to make a sort of chocolate banana dessert thing. Um, you could obviously add nuts. You could add chocolate chips. You could add um, and the other, the other thing that I'd recommend is obviously adding a bit of liquid as well. So um, either milk or you can add some kind of vegan milk. You want a, a, a thicker liquid than water, though, and something a bit more tasty and creamy. You could also add a bit of um, uh, but, um, peanut butter to this as well. That would be quite nice. Or you could add in some Nutella. And... You just make sure all of those flavourings are mixed into your Blitz bananas and then you just put it back in the freezer or you can just eat it like straight away. And it's basically an instant, um, endlessly adaptable, endlessly customizable kind of banana sorbet slash ice cream thing that's really, really good. Give it a try. Um, so th those are two ideas. And the other things that I'm going to be talking about um, in this episode are banana pancakes, banana bread and uh, banana muffins. Um, but before I do, there's just one other thing that I had to say, which is that if any of you have been watching Nigella's new series, uh, which is called Cook, Eat, Repeat, it's on the BBC. I don't know. I don't think it's yet available in other countries, um, but she's also got an accompanying book. And in that, she's got a recipe for banana skin curry, which sounds incredibly interesting. The banana skins don't add much in terms of flavour, but they kind of give this cur the curry that she's made, she's made like quite an interesting texture. Um, so you kind of have to get, use a fork to like um, rough, rough up the banana skins um so it sounds really i don't know i just thought i'd mention it because it sounded really interesting so i'm going to talk next um about those three different bakes i'm going to start with um the easiest to remember banana bread recipe ever 
So I know this isn't really a problem, but I personally find the amount of banana bread recipes on the internet quite confusing, um, especially how varied they seem to be. And if I just want a simple banana bread recipe, um, there's I'm sort of overwhelmed by choice. So I cobbled this recipe together from a few different ones just to make it as simple as possible. So if I ever want to just make banana bread and I don't have any recipes on me, all I need to remember is that I want 200 grams of everything, um, basically a teaspoon of baking powder and two large eggs. So I'll look, I'll go through the ingredients now. So you want 200 grams of softened or room temperature butter, something that's going to whip nicely with the sugar, 200 grams of dark brown sugar. You could use another sugar, but that's what I prefer. Uh, two large eggs, like I said. Um, so this is UK large, which are about 60 grams each. So you, it's 120 grams of egg in total. Um, 200 grams of plain flour. Um, optionally, you could also add two teaspoons of um, vanilla extract, which is what I did. Um, I think, did I mention the teaspoon of baking powder? I think I did. You want 200 grams of mashed bananas. Um, and because bananas vary in size so much, I think that's, personally, I think that's a much more helpful instruction than saying like two bananas or three bananas, because they all vary a lot. So this is when they've been peeled. You want 200 grams of, of banana flesh. Um... And you obviously mash that before you put it in with a, with the back of a fork. And finally, two hundred grams of chopped uh, chocolate or or um, or chocolate chips. I used um, a mix of milk and dark. I found the dark kind of overwhelmed the milk chocolate, so I think next time I might try just using milk and seeing what that's like. Um, but I think if you just, if you use 200 grams just, just of dark chocolate, um, I think that would be a bit too, uh, a bit too kind of rich. So I think it's worth experimenting with, with that maybe a bit, maybe the ratio that I used wasn't quite right, but, um, but yeah, whatever chocolate you fancy or whatever chocolate you've got lying around. So those are the basic ingredients. Um, you obviously, before you start, um, combining your ingredients, you want to make sure that you've got an oven, uh, preheated to, um, it was gas three for me. So that's quite low. So that would be 170 degrees C in an electric oven, 150 in a fan oven. Um, what I think, what, like three to five, um, in in Fahrenheit, something like that. So you want a low oven, lowish, and you also want to grease and line a 900 grams or two pound loaf tin. And something that I've picked up from watching other bakers do this is that I will line just the long sides and then I'll leave a bit of overhang um, so that it's really easy to lift it out. Um, but I won't line the short sides I'll just make sure that the whole thing is well greased with butter so that's what that's how I line them um 
So then you can crack on with actually making the mixture. So I creamed the butter and sugar together um, in a large bowl using electric beaters. You could use a food processor if you prefer. Or sorry, not a food processor, a um, an electric mixer. Um, I then added the liquid ingredients. So I added the two UK large eggs. I added two teaspoons of vanilla. I, and I added the, the mashed bananas, 200 grams of mashed bananas. Um, and I just combined that basically uh, with the beaters um, until it was, you know, fairly even consistency. It literally took a few seconds. It is going to look split. Um, you could, if you really don't like the way it looks, add some flour in before you add the rest of the, before you add the, the liquid ingredients. But it doesn't actually matter. It's not going to remain split and it won't, it'll all sort itself out in the oven anyway. So it doesn't really matter what it looks like. Um, once you've combined those wet ingredients, you can then add in your plain flour, 200 grams of plain flour and one teaspoon of baking powder. I like mine quite dense. So that's a normal amount of baking powder for that amount of flour. And I don't add any extra. Um, oh yeah, actually, sorry, this is, that's wrong. I forgot to say, before I put the flour in, I removed 10 grams of it. So I actually put 190 grams into the mixture. And with the remaining 10 grams, I, um, coated the chocolate in the remaining 10 grams of flour. And then what happens is that rather than all sinking to the bottom, the chocolate chips suspend in the batter because the flour that's coating them makes them like stick um, and kind of hold on to the batter better. So it's an extremely useful tip. So I, d I definitely would recommend that. Um, yeah. And then you, yeah, you, once you've added in the flour and baking powder, you just fold in the chocolate chips um, you don't want to use your beaters or whisk at this point because um, you, yeah, you're not trying to break up the chocolate. Um, it's already been chopped or it's already in, in chips already. So then you just pour that into your loaf pan and bake it for about an hour to an hour and 10 minutes. Um, I found that mine needed a full hour and 10 minutes and it produced a decent amount of banana bread. Um, the baking powder ratio was right for me. Like it ra it raised, but it, it didn't collapse again. So it was kind of perfect. And it produces a dense banana bread um, that's got the kind of beautiful treacle flavour of the brown sugar. Um, and it's... According to my colleagues, it has a very good ratio of chocolate to <laughs> to uh, to cake or to bread. So this is a winner, in my opinion, mainly just because it's so ridiculously simple. Um, but I think it's also the right amount of ingredients for um, a two pound loaf tin or a 900 gram loaf tin. So it serves, you know, a decent amount of people, um, eight to ten um, or you can cut up your pieces a little bit smaller as well but fantastic with a cup of tea you don't really need to toast it because it stays incredibly moist um obviously in in some sort of airtight container or wrapped 
Um, just really, really delicious. So definitely try this one out if you are kind of trying to find a, a, res a banana bread recipe that's simple and works for you. Right, on to the next one. So the next thing I'm going to talk to you about is making easy banana pancakes. And this is a recipe that I got from the BBC Good Food website, um, written by a recipe developer called Esther Clark. And I just tweaked a few things about it. So the very minor tweaks were that I used um, plain flour instead of self-raising because I don't really keep self-raising around. Um, I don't like having thousands of different flours if I don't need to. Um, I added a tiny bit of sugar into the batter because there wasn't any. Um, and I added a load of peanut butter chips. And banana and peanut butter, I'm sure you know this, but they are just unbelievably good together. So it was a really, really, really successful addition. Um, the other thing I did was I used um, a, a thick brand of oat milk. It was oatly whole just because we were running low on um, cow's milk. So um, you can definitely use uh, you can definitely use an alternative milk here. But I would try and use one that's fairly high in fat and has a fairly thick consistency because you'll get better results. Um, or you could just use normal cow's milk like that would be really, really good, too. You want butter or you could use, I suppose, a vegan butter if you're milk, milk intolerant or allergic to fry the pancakes in. I just use normal butter. Um, and then you also want some maple syrup and pecans to serve. So I'm now going to talk through you through the ingredients and the base, basic technique. It's really simple. Um, the, this made about 12 large pancakes. Um, they're fluffy, they're fluffy pancakes, by the way, they're not thin pancakes. Um, so this was a bit too many <laughs> for two people. Um, I think if I was going to do this again, I might halve the recipe. But what we did was actually we just put them in the fridge. And then we had them as a second breakfast the day after. So what a weekend. Um, so, yeah, this is to make 12 pretty big fluffy pancakes. They were very fluffy. 350 grams of plain or all-purpose flour. Three teaspoons of baking powder. You really do need all of those teaspoons because that is maximum fluffiness. Two medium bananas. So that is roughly 150 grams to 200 grams of um, banana flesh. Um, two UK medium eggs uh, or, you know, around 100 grams of egg in total. A teaspoon of vanilla extract. Um, 30 grams of caster sugar. 250 millilitres of whole milk or um, oatly whole or something similar. Um, and if you don't fancy getting out a measuring cup or measuring jug, you can just weigh 250 grams because um, unless a liquid is very heavy, like oil, um, basically anything that's fairly watery is roughly one gram um, 
to one mil. Um, I also used 150 grams of peanut butter chips. So these are basically like chocolate chips, but peanut butter. They are incredible. I used Reese's ones that I bought online. Um, if you are, if you can't have any milk products, um, these had a tiny bit of whey in, which is kind of annoying, isn't it? Really, if you can't have milk, but um, you can. There are recipes online of how to make your own as well, and sort of vegan recipes for it. Um, I didn't measure how much butter I used, but I used you know a knob of butter to fry every couple of pancake pancakes, and we served ourselves maple syrup and pecans so it was whatever uh you know however much we wanted ourselves so it's a really really simple um, method basically you are just measuring your dry ingredients so your flour your baking powder um and then you and your sugar sorry then you tip in your um mashed bananas your eggs, your vanilla, and uh, your milk, and you just combine that, and then finally fold in the peanut butter chips, and that is literally it. Um, then you fry them in butter, and the way I do this, I don't time it because you just have to watch them. Um, but you try and you know take care not to burn the butter or the bottom of the pancakes. So you do kind of need to stand over them most of the time. Um, when they start getting a fair amount of bubbles on the top, that is normally time to flip. So that's my top tip for that. And then they need much less time usually on the, on the other side. So sometimes they only need even 30 seconds on the other side. Um, and then the way I kept these hot, and this is, this is a great tip, like, um, so a lot of recipes tell you to keep them hot in the oven, but you don't actually need to do that. If you're making a large quantity, if you stack them all up and wrap them in foil, then the kind of surface area keeps them hot. So if you can imagine like when you take a, a pot, a, a large pot or large casserole out of the oven, it remains hot for much longer than if you've got, got some like chips, which, which have got a much smaller surface area, for example. And it works the same way with any with anything, right? It's just it's just basic physics. The more kind of surf the the kind of um, smaller the surface area, sorry, confusing myself, but the smaller the surface area, the more kind of packed together it is. Um, it will keep hotter for longer. So just make sure they're tightly stacked and wrap them in, um, wrap them tightly in kitchen foil, and they will remain warm. Okay, they may not be like boiling hot but they will remain warm um you can also shove them in the oven if you really want to um for a few minutes at the end um but i did i found i didn't need to um i found that my stack kept them kept them hot and that was a really really good um way to not waste you know gas um we're running out we're running out of gas so that is the banana pancakes um the Addition of the peanut butter chips, like I don't mean to blow my own trumpet, but it was it was actually inspired. It was so good. And because they melt they melt and then you've got these like little pockets of melted um peanut butter like 
just ridiculously good. I had uh, a leftover one cold and that was also quite nice. You then kind of got more of the consistency of the chip um, because it had cooled down, it wasn't melted. So yes, I would highly, highly recommend this recipe. Um, because I used oatly instead of instead of cow's milk, I think this is a really good one for people who, um, you know, can't eat milk or can't eat milk products. I should say. I should say. Um, and I also think this is would be very easily adaptable for vegans because it's only got two medium eggs in it for quite a lot of mixture. Um, so you could just use some sort of egg replacer. You might even just be able to get away with just adding an extra banana um, for more binding. But it really has quite a minimal amount of egg in it compared to the amount of other things. So this is a really fabulous recipe. Um, thank you so much, Esther Clark, for writing it. And yes, definitely try with my peanut butter chips edition if you can, edition if you can because OMG, <laughs> OMG, so good. Okay, so third and final recipe, aren't you lucky to get three recipes today, is for um, cocoa and banana muffins. So, um, as usual, this is kind of like cobbled together from a variety of different recipes. I wanted a chocolate hit. I wanted to make a small batch, partly because I only had two small bananas in the house, partly so that we didn't have loads and loads of sweet things hanging around yet again. Um... And I literally knocked these up in 10 minutes and baked them in um, baked them for 20. So I was done in half an hour. So super quick, really easy. Um, so this is a really straightforward recipe. So I'm going to start by um, telling you the ingredients and proportions. So I used 100 grams of plain or all-purpose flour. 25 grams of cocoa and in the UK we have Dutch process cocoa as standard. Um, a teaspoon of baking powder, um, a little pinch of um, bicarbonate of soda or baking soda. Um, this is just to kind of give a bit of more reaction with the buttermilk that's coming on later. Um, 55 grams of sugar but that's what I used, but I would up this to 80 grams of sugar because it was way too virtuous. Um, just 35 grams of vegetable oil, half a teaspoon of vanilla extract, obviously optional. Um, one large egg, so UK large, which is 60 grams. Um, 130 grams of uh, banana flesh. So for me, this was two small bananas. Um, and I, you mash that before using it. 70 grams of buttermilk, or you can just sour some milk with a couple of um, squeezes of lemon juice and just leave that to sit out for a few minutes until it thickens. That's what I did um, because I didn't have any buttermilk. And 50 grams of chopped pecans, obviously pre-roasted pre because... We are not brutes here. We have to pre-roast our nuts to get the best out of them. So 50 grams of pre-roasted pecans that you then chop. So this is incredibly simple. Um, and this technique is um, common for muffins. This is the most common 
techniques for making muffins. So there's basically two rules. You um, mix the wet ingredients into the dry ingredients. That's it's very, 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 very straightforward. And you bake it at a higher temperature than you would for a lot of cakes and things because you're trying to go for a really big, quick rise uh, to get a really fluffy muffin. So preheat your oven to uh, gas mark 5, 190 degrees C, 170 degrees um, fan or 375 degrees Fahrenheit. Then you get a big bowl, you mix together the flour, baking powder, sugar, salt, bicarb and cocoa. Then you just stir or whisk in the egg, vanilla, oil, banana and buttermilk or soured milk. And I did personally find that a whisk is better. I tried to just use a spoon, but I found that the banana didn't break up quite as much as I wanted to. So you could use a spoon, but maybe be a bit more vigorous than I was in your approach. Um, or just use whisk or beater. Um, so, yeah, then you stir through some pecans. Or you can just pop some pecans in the middle and on the top once you've once you've um, put the muffin mixture in your um, cases. So you line a um, muffin tin with six cases, and you dollop in um, the mixture so that you've got an even spread, and then you top with pecans or you could also push a few down I personally folded some through and then also topped with some and then finally you just bake it for about 20 minutes and even though I have a really rubbish oven I found that 20 minutes was the sweet spot for me so as long as it looks like it is um you know um springy um and it's not kind of sounding too wet when you listen to it you could also do a skewer test um it should be done uh you've got fresh muffins so yeah this is really good um the sugar quantity that i originally used was a bit too low i meant that i could eat more of them because i wasn't as worried about eating too much sugar but at the same time they weren't quite as tasty so i, I definitely would use 80 grams of sugar um yeah really really nice definitely worth definitely worth making this um small batch of muffins and obviously if you want to make a, a natural proper batch a full batch just double just double the ingredients and then you'll have 12 that's it okay right so just to say that all of the um, recipes can be found on flourbuttereggssugar.wordpress.com um, you can email me if you want to tell me something you've tried whether it worked or didn't work or if you've got any other suggestions like say you've got more uses for manky bananas than I had it would be lovely to hear from you so my email address is flourbuttereggssugar at gmail.com and there's also a listeners group on Facebook um, and it's called flour, butter, eggs, sugar podcast listeners. Bit of a mouthful, 
but look us up and join because um, that would be lovely. That is the end of this episode. Next time, I'm going to be looking at how to make mince pies um, and sharing a couple of really, really good recipes with you. And hopefully bringing in a special guest to talk to me about how this person makes the best mince pies I have ever tasted in my life. So I can't wait. Um, Thank you so much for listening today. Um, Take care, uh, be well and happy baking. Bye. Flour, butter, eggs, sugar is written, recorded and produced um, in an amateurish fashion by Kate uh, in her small London kitchen. And thank you very much again to my sister Ruth for providing a jingle. Thank you. Bye.